Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Games Casually. I'm your host, Derek Lockwood, and this is a chill video game podcast where making time for video games as a hobby and keeping up with gaming news is no small feat. Hello, how are you? I hope you are doing well. Got some game time in or any hobby time in? I'm doing well as well. Thank you for asking. That's a weird sentence to say, well as well. Hello again. Uh, this week's topic is going to be very uh, not the usual. Could have said that much better, but you know we're going off the cuff here, at least for this segment. We're going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and our boy Mario over at Nintendo. I do want to announce that we have reached three months of the podcast. Well, actually, it was last week, last Tuesday when the episode came out, and I totally forgot to announce it. So we're a week late, or rather, I'm a week late. And I want to do something special for this episode. I'm going to do sort of an analysis of Sonic versus Mario. In no shape or form is this supposed to be some kind of, you know, gaming mascot rivalry of any sort. It's merely just talking about Sonic the Hedgehog's popularity and Mario's popularity, how the both coexist and what they did for the gaming world and all those things. So I hope you're excited. I'm excited. Let's just get right into it. In the pantheon of video game icons, a few rivalries have captured the imagination and sparked as much debate as the face-off between Sonic the Hedgehog and Nintendo's Mario. Their genesis in the early 90s marked not just a golden era of platform gaming, but also an ideological divide in the gaming universe. While much has been said about the rivalry, a deeper, more nuanced analysis reveals layers that go beyond the surface of speed versus precision, or cool versus classic. The emergence of Sonic and Mario was more than just a tale of two characters. It was a clash of corporate philosophies and a duel for cultural influence. Sega, with its Blue Sonic, sought to disrupt Nintendo's dominance, marked by the entertaining jump-and-run simplicity of Mario. This competition was not just about who can jump higher or run faster. It was a battle for the hearts of gamers, a fight for the soul of the gaming industry. The two characters came to symbolize distinct gaming experiences. Mario's methodical, world-building journey contrasted with Sonic's rebellious, adrenaline-fueled sprints. Understanding this rivalry is more than a trip down memory lane. It's a study in gaming evolution and consumer psychology. However, beneath this well-trodden narrative lies a mosaic of strategic decisions, technological advancements, and cultural shifts. These unique elements combined in unique ways to shape the trajectories of these two giants. By examining these factors, we not only understand why Mario continued to leap from strength to strength while Sonic faced hurdles, but also garner insights into the gaming industry's response to evolving consumer preferences. As we dive into this analysis, we aim to offer a perspective that goes beyond the conventional narratives, providing a fresh lens to view an age-old rivalry that has much to teach us about gaming's past, present, and future. In the late 80s and early 90s, the gaming world witnessed the rise of two iconic characters. Nintendo's Mario, already a beloved figure, epitomized the classic platformer with its focus on precision and exploration. His games were a beautiful blend of challenging gameplay and charming narratives. On the other hand, Sega introduced Sonic the Hedgehog in 1991, a character designed with the intent to rival Mario's popularity. Sonic was not just a character, he was an attitude, a symbol of speed, and a response to the growing demand for faster, more action-packed gaming experiences. This section delves into the creation and initial appeal of these characters, 
especially relevant for today's gamers who value both the legacy and evolution of their gaming experiences. The difference between Sonic and Mario were not just in their speed and gameplay, but also in their philosophies they represented. Nintendo's Mario was about exploring and interacting with a vibrant world, taking time to uncover secrets and enjoy the journey. Sega's Sonic, conversely, was about adrenaline, attitude, and a sense of rebellion against the established norms. These contrasting philosophies extended beyond the games themselves into the marketing strategies and brand identities of Nintendo and Sega. For the contemporary gamer, understanding these philosophies offers insight into how gaming companies tailor experiences to specific audiences, a crucial aspect for those with limited gaming time looking to maximize their enjoyment. The impact of Mario and Sonic went beyond the consoles. They became cultural icons. Mario's reach extended into television, film, and merchandise, becoming a household name synonymous with video gaming. Sonic also made significant cultural inroads appealing to a demographic that sought edgier entertainment. These characters influenced not just gaming, but broader pop culture, offering lessons on the power of gaming in shaping cultural trends, a point of interest for the modern gamer who appreciates the cultural significance of their hobby. Now, while so far we have been talking about more of the cultural and the beginnings of Sonic and Mario, I now want to talk about the missteps and evolution of both of these characters. Sega, in its quest to outpace Nintendo, faced several strategic missteps that impacted Sonic's trajectory. Key among these was the fragmented approach to hardware development, evident in the rapid succession of consoles like the Sega CD, 32X, and Sega Saturn. This lack of consistency not only confused consumers, but also fragmented the developer community, impacting the quality and quantity of games available for Sega platforms. Introduction of multiple peripherals and consoles led to a dilution of Sega's brand focus. The constant shift in hardware made it difficult for developers to create optimized games, leading to a decrease in quality titles. Frequent changes in gaming platforms led to consumer confusion and fatigue, affecting brand loyalty. Contrastingly, Nintendo's approach with Mario was marked by consistent innovation within a stable ecosystem. Games like Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Galaxy are quintessential examples of how Nintendo evolved its gameplay and storytelling while maintaining a familiar environment for gamers and developers alike. Nintendo's focus on fewer, more robust consoles like the Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64 helped build strong partnerships with developers, leading to a richer game library. It also helped the fans, building a loyal fan base through consistent quality and innovation. The evolution of gaming technology also played a critical role. As gaming transitioned from 2D to 3D, Mario's transition was seamless, creating classics like Super Mario 64. Sonic, however, struggled with this transition, with games like Sonic 3D Blast and Sonic Adventure 1 receiving mixed reviews. The difficulty in translating Sonic's speed-focused gameplay to a 3D environment was a significant hurdle. With all that said, we can see how strategic decisions and technological adaptability can make or break game franchises, a lesson crucial for understanding the gaming industry's evolution and its impact on the choices available to gamers today. While technical evolution is another step in the evolving image of a brand, we also have marketing, which is a huge part of branding something. In the 1990s, Sega adopted an aggressive marketing strategy to compete with Nintendo. This approach, encapsulated by the campaign, Genesis does with Nintendo don'ts, aimed to position Sega as the cooler, edgier alternative. While initially successful, this strategy eventually backfired. 
the aggressive tone alienated some segments of the market, particularly younger gamers and families, a demographic that Nintendo excelled in capturing with its more inclusive marketing. Sega's edgy marketing appealed primarily to teenagers, limiting it to audience scope. While initially successful in creating buzz, this approach failed to build a sustainable brand image. Nintendo, on the other hand, consistently marketed Mario as a family-friendly character, appealing to a wide demographic. This inclusivity not only ensured a broader audience, but also fostered long-term brand loyalty. Games like Mario Kart and Super Mario World were seen as titles that could be enjoyed by all ages, cementing Mario as a household name. Nintendo's inclusive approach allowed Mario to become a universally recognized and beloved character. A consistent, family-friendly brand image helped in building long-lasting consumer relationships. As Sega shifted focus in the late 90s and early 2000s, Sonic's brand identity suffered. The introduction of numerous side characters and spin-offs like Shadow the Hedgehog, which featured more mature themes, led to a brand identity crisis. This inconsistency in brand messaging confused consumers about what Sonic represented, unlike the clear consistent messaging of the Mario franchise. Marketing strategies and brand consistency play pivotal roles in the success or failure of video game characters and franchises. Sega's aggressive marketing and Sonic's identity crisis stand in stark contrast to Nintendo's consistent, family-friendly approach, offering key lessons in brand management in the gaming industry. Sonic the Hedgehog, despite a strong initial following, has faced challenges in maintaining a cohesive and engaged community. The divergent nature of Sonic games ranging from the classic side-scrollers like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 to more experimental titles like Sonic Unleashed has led to a fragmented fanbase. This fragmentation was exacerbated by the fluctuating quality of games, leaving fans divided on what they expect or want from a Sonic title. Additionally, the lack of a strong, centralized platform for community engagement, unlike Nintendo's dedicated efforts for Mario, has hindered the development of a unified Sonic fan community. Conversely, Mario has achieved a near-ubiquitous presence in gaming culture. Games like Super Mario World and Super Mario 64 have not only been commercially successful, but have also fostered a strong, united community of fans. Nintendo's efforts in community building through events, fan clubs, and online forums have played a significant role in sustaining Mario's popularity. The consistency and quality of Mario games have allowed fans to form a cohesive community, where newcomers and veterans alike share a common language and set of experiences. The impact of both characters on wider culture also reflects their respective community and cultural standings. Mario, as a cultural icon, has been referenced in various forms of media, from movies to music, cementing his status beyond the realms of gaming. Sonic, while also achieving a level of cultural significance, particularly in the 90s, has not maintained the same level of cultural impact in recent years. Although, the recent Sonic the Hedgehog movies have reignited some interest, but the character's culture imprint remains overshadowed by Mario's enduring legacy. Community engagement and cultural impact have played pivotal roles in the trajectories of Sonic and Mario. The challenges faced by Sonic in maintaining a cohesive community are contrasted with Mario's success in building a strong, unified fanbase and achieving cultural ubiquity. Before we move on to the conclusion of this episode, or rather the conclusion of this segment, let's go ahead and take a break. Grab some coffee, eat some dinner, and we'll see you soon. Be right back. And we're back. So we are about to reach the conclusion of this analysis of sorts. 
Reflecting on Sonic the Hedgehog's journey, it's clear that his path has been marked by both notable triumphs and significant challenges. From the highs of the character's inception and early success with titles like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Sonic Adventure, to the lows and less well-received games like Sonic the Hedgehog, the 2006 release. Sonic's journey has been a rollercoaster of critical and commercial reception. This uneven trajectory stands in contrast to Mario's more consistent path of success, underlined by a series of well-received games and a robust community. However, it seems that Sonic is slowly making a return with the recent Sonic the Hedgehog movies and their upcoming games that did well across all ages. Mario's journey, characterized by a steady rise and a strong focus on quality and innovation, has set a high benchmark in the platforming genre. Nintendo's strategic consistency in game development, marketing, community engagement, and innovation has been a key factor in Mario's enduring success. With the new release of Super Mario Wonder have not only been commercial hits, but also critically acclaimed, reinforcing Mario's position as the quintessential platforming hero. The comparison between Sonic and Mario offers valuable lessons for the gaming industry. It highlights the importance of consistent quality, innovation, while respecting the core elements of a franchise and the nurturing of a dedicated and engaged community. For Sonic, the future holds potential for redemption and resurgence, as seen with the recent successful titles like Sonic Frontiers. The challenge for Sonic's creators is to learn from past mistakes, build upon the character's strengths, and perhaps most importantly, re-engage with the community to bring back the essence that made Sonic a beloved character. Before we head on into the end of the episode, I hope you all enjoyed this little short analysis of Sonic and Mario. Again, my intention is not to do a versus of gaming mascots. It's more just to understand a little bit of gaming history. As someone who has played both games, has grew up with both characters, to me, I am just happy that there are options for gamers that can enjoy both types of games. I'm a big advocate of not restricting yourself of gaming platforms, gaming characters, genres, whatever it is. I believe it's really important to have an open mind to enjoy all things video games. I understand that maybe finances or time constraints may not allow for enjoying everything, But if it's possible and available in your life, you should totally do it. You may be missing out on incredible games because you just looked at it and said, no, not for me. I think it's important, especially now with a lot of game demos and things like Game Pass and PS Plus, where you can download a lot of games. Yes, you are paying for the subscription, but take advantage of it. Download those games, check them out for an hour or two and see if you like it. That's a good way to find something new to find the next hidden gem. Regardless, whatever it is that you are into, enjoy 100%. If you found this episode helpful or enlightening, please share with a friend. And if you're new here, please consider leaving a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show a lot. And if you would like more of my things and stuff, you can check out my website at goodgamescasually.com, where you can find more blog posts about video game tips and tricks, managing mental health with video games, game reviews, and things like that. And if you'd like to follow me on the things I'm up to, you can find me everywhere on social media at Good Games Casually. Thank you all so much for sticking by for these three months. It has been a crazy ride. I have met so many cool people and I really look forward to the year mark for Good Games Casually. Thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate every single one of you, every comment, feedback, anything that you do. 
is all appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate your involvement and I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.